uh, James says that there's no variableness in him, neither shadow of turning. So that's what God said about himself. Uh, you have to believe, secondly, what he said about his word. Well, a very, a very simple uh, scripture to go to there is John chapter 17, verse 17. God said his word was truth. Uh, he said in the book of Psalms, chapter 119, verse 130, Therefore, I consider all your precepts concerning all things to be right. See, this is a covenant mindset. And then I have to believe what God said he would do. And we'll deal with a lot of that today. What, what did God say he will do? I have to believe what he said about that. What did God say he would do? And so most every provision in the word is linked to the covenant. Uh, in Exodus 12. <clears throat> They are, uh, the Lord is giving the standards for the Passover. And he says in verse 12, I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. Now people say, well, what is that? Judgment. Judgment because of disobedience. Judgment because of refusal to do what God asks. In the land of Egypt, man and beast, against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. And notice what he says, I am the Lord. And the blood, he's told them to put the blood on their doorpost. And the blood shall be to you for a token on the house where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. When I smite the land of Egypt, notice the blood will be to you for a token. Now, very often we talk a lot about the blood on the doorpost. We don't talk a lot about the word token. Because that's vital. They put blood on the doorpost and people will say, well, he saw the blood and he passed over. He did see the blood, but he saw what the blood tied to. The word token means a sign, a proof, or evidence. A sign, a proof of evidence. Well, what's it a sign of? What's it proof of? What's it evidence of? That there are people inside that house with a covenant. The blood was a sign or proof or evidence of the covenant that they had with God. The whole reason that God came down, notice in the book of Exodus chapter 2. There's a lot here in this. Hmm. Verse 23, it came to pass in process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage and they cried. Now notice, I've heard people say they cried to God. No, they didn't. They had forgot God. 
How do I know that? Because just a matter of days after they were in 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 the in the wilderness, they made a gold calf to go back to Egypt. They made a gold calf, one of the gods of Egypt, and Aaron made it. He lied and said, I threw the gold in the fire and this just came out. Well, dear Lord. <laughs> All right. But you, you understand? They cried because of the bondage. And their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant. God remembered the covenant. See, this, this is crucial. God had promised Abraham, he said, your people are going to go into bondage, but because of this covenant, I'm going to deliver them. Now, wait a minute. God cannot lie. Was it delayed? Yes, because he told Abraham, he said, they'll be in bondage 400 years. They were in bondage 430 years. Why were they in bondage 430 years? Because Moses disobeyed God and got out of the will of God and killed an Egyptian and had to go spend time in the wilderness. But did God perform the doing of this? He did. But what, what was it on the basis of? Their covenant. So the token in Exodus 12, the blood on the doorpost, is a token, a sign, evidence of a covenant. There are covenant people that are in this house. It wasn't just the blood. The, the blood on the doorpost pointed to the future lamb, but it pointed to the covenant. The future lamb was able to get into the earth because of the covenant God made with Abraham. The blood of Jesus that covers our life was able to be appropriated by us at salvation because of the covenant God made with Abraham. If there's no blood covenant with Abraham, there's no blood of the Lamb to cleanse our sin. Hallelujah. And so Psalm 91 then, you see how there's a lot here? And we're going to teach on it all year. But glory to God. Psalm 91 and verse 10. Notice, oh, you know what? We, uh, you remember there in Exodus 12, he said that, uh, that the plague would not be on you when it passed through Egypt because of the token, the sign, the, the covenant. Verse 10. There shall no evil befall you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. Now that's in Psalm 91. That's spoken by the Father who cannot change. His ideas, his concepts never vary. He told the people of Israel in Exodus, he said, put the blood on your doorpost as a token all right, of the covenant, and when I pass through, the plague won't be on you. He says right here in Psalm 91 that for the believer, for those that are in the secret place, well, what's the secret place? The house in Egypt is a shadow of the secret place that you and I dwell in. He told the people of Israel, stay in the house, stay under the blood. 
He says in Psalm 91, verse 1, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the, of the Almighty. And one, and one of the benefits of doing that is no evil will befall you and no plague will come near your dwelling. Stay under the covenant. Stay in the covenant place. Hallelujah. Now we're going to look at this closer today, but the plague will not be upon you. Exodus, stay in the house. Psalm 91, stay in the secret place. The covenant is the same. The concepts are the same. I may not take blood and put it over my physical door, but there is a token over my physical door that can be seen in the spirit realm that lets every plague and every evil thing know you're not welcome here. And it lets the angels of God know I have a right to protect that home because there's a token of the covenant there. Oh, glory. And it's important to remember, I have a covenant. Exodus 15. Exodus chapter 15. Glory to God. Exodus 15 and verse 23. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah. For they were bitter, therefore the name of it was called Marah, or bitterness. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet, and he made for them a statute and an ordinance, a, a, a statute or a decree and an ordinance or a judgment or a legal decision. And, he proved the, and there he proved them, and he said, If you'll diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in His sight. Proverbs puts it this way, if you will hear and do. All right, all through the Scripture, hear and do, hear and do. Uh, to get saved, you had to hear something and do something. You had to hear the Word and believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Hearing's not enough, doing's involved. Your part of the covenant is faith and obedience. With, with your faith. You, faith comes by hearing, faith goes by doing. All right, whether it's speaking or acting. And do what is right in his sight, give ears to his commandments, keep all of his statutes. I will put none of these diseases on you that I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that heals you. So notice again, he sets himself in the position of healer for his covenant people. I am. I am uh, uh, the Lord, all right? I am the Lord. I am Jehovah. I am the self-existent one. God needs no one to make him truthful. He's truthful alone, all right? Because he cannot lie. He is the self-existent one. God has no one to help him be who he is. He's God by himself. That's why he told Abraham, he said, I, I, because I could swear by no greater, I swore by myself. And then he said what he said, saying, surely in blessing, I'll bless you. Cursing, I'll curse those that curse you. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. All these different things. But the point is, he says, I am. When in Exodus, when Moses said, who shall I say sent me? 
He said, tell them the I am sent you. All right, because every God of Egypt had a purpose, the God of the flies, the God of the river, the God of the whatever. He said, I am, I am blank check. I am whatever you need me to be. I can fulfill any role you need me to fulfill. And in this instance, he says, I am Jehovah. I am the Lord Jehovah, the self-existent one. That heals you, Rapha. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that heals you. I am the Lord your healer. Now that's important because that's covenant. He's never the Lord that makes me sick or the Lord that won't heal me. There's no provision in the Bible for that. Now, the, the reason you have to look at it as a covenant book is what does the covenant say? What does the covenant say about this? He's the Lord that heals me. So that means nothing contrary to that can be put off on God. Because he's the Lord that heals. Rapha, healer, physician. The Isaac Lesser translation says, I am the Lord, your physician. Another translation says, I'm the Lord, your surgeon. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. That's why you can lay hands on people and something that was there can disappear. Because we have a surgeon on call. Glory to God. And notice, he says, that's what I am. That's what I am. I am this. Right? What you need to God to be, He is that, and He is eternally that, because He cannot change. And He cannot lie. He's the Lord that is eternally our healer. He eternally self-exists as our healer. In uh, Exodus 23, And verse 25, we've looked at some of these, but this is important. Because what you see in the four Gospels, what you see in the book of Acts is tied to this. All right, it's 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 tied to what we're reading now. Because uh, uh, very often people have this understanding a misunderstanding, I should say, of why Jesus healed. People will say, well, you know, he wanted to prove the love of God. Uh, Wrong answer. Wrong answer. Well, you know, he was proving he was the son of God. Wrong answer. He was healing because the people he was healing had a covenant of healing. And understand this, for the first time since the existence of Adam, their physician was walking on the earth in the flesh with them. In covenant blood. And amen. 
We have a covenant. Notice Exodus 23, verse 25. And you will serve the Lord your God. There's the obedience again. And he will bless your bread and water. And I, now when you see that, and I, who's he talking about? People will say, God. Now, wait a minute. I got I to gotta transpose this in covenant language. And I, Jehovah Rapha, will take sickness from your midst. My surgeon will take it. My physician will take it. All right? Hallelujah. See, he says, if sickness is there, our healer will take it away. A covenant mindset is a requirement for strong faith. Okay, it might be there, but my healer will take it. He'll remove it. Hallelujah. Now, in John 1, And uh, verse 1, in the beginning was the word, Proverbs eight twenty two. I was with him in the beginning before the earth was ever founded. He said, I, wisdom, was there. All right? First uh, John 1, 1 says he was in the beginning with the Father. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the Word was God. All right? The Word was with God. And the Word was God. Verse 14. And the Word was made flesh. Now, the Word was God. The Word that was God was made flesh. The Word that was in the beginning, the Word that was God, that Word was made flesh. And dwelt among us, tabernacled among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of, as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Woos Bible says the word entering into a new mode of existence became flesh and lived in a tent, his physical body among us. All right. The word that was God. Then verse 18 says, no man has seen the father or seen God at any time, the only begotten Son which is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. The Amplified Bible says, No man has ever seen God at any time. The only unique Son, or the only begotten God, who is in the bosom, in the intimate presence of the Father, notice He has declared Him, He has revealed Him, He has brought Him out where He can be seen, he has interpreted him and made him known. Hallelujah. So he says that Jesus, in the flesh, the Son of God, who the Bible says was the Word who was God and became flesh, that he has brought him out where he can be seen. Hallelujah. Now, why would that happen? Because God had a covenant with these people. That's why Wednesday night's message was so important. 
last Wednesday night when we talked about how he came unto his own and his own did not receive him. How he talked to people and said, it's not right for me to take the children's blood bread and give it to the dogs. He had a covenant with those people that were not receiving him, but he was covenant bound to come to them. Hallelujah. And he had to come to them as what he is, their healer. Their healer. And Jesus in the flesh was revealing him, bringing him out where he can be seen. No, no, this is why it's important that the Bible says no man's seen God at any time. In other words, nobody's ever laid physical eyes on God in his God likeness. But we have seen Jesus. And Jesus brought him out where he, the Father, could be seen. Jesus interpreted the Father to man and made the Father known as what? A healer. A healer. Made him known as a healer. Made him known as a forgiver. Hallelujah. See, the promise of forgiveness, very, very, very often because of a Western mindset, we think, you know, that, that well, that, that promise of forgiveness, God just made that promise. He made that promise to Abraham and his seed. He made the promise that he would forgive their sins and cast them as far away as the east is from the west, put them in the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered against them. Who did he make that promise to? Covenant people. That's, that's why you had to be brought into this covenant. So every promise that God made to Abraham concerning his seed could come to pass in your life. Glory be to God. <laughs> John chapter 14. John chapter 14. And verse 9. Notice he says here, speaking to Philip. After Philip had said in verse 8, Lord, show us the Father and it sufficeth us. Jesus said, have I been so long time with you and you don't know me? Now, wait a minute. I thought he was asking about the Father. And Jesus said, you mean you don't know me? Now, think about that for a moment. This isn't doublespeak. This isn't a Jesusism. All right. The Bible said that Jesus interpreted the father that he brought the father out where he could be seen he said over and over again i and the father are one right have i been so long time with you that you don't know me philip he that's seen me seen the father now why i am the interpretation of the father I am bringing him out, and everything you see me do, he's doing it. It's the Father. All right? Now, I'm saying all this for a reason. Because it was the Father that said, I'm the Lord that heals you. It was the Father that said, I'll take sickness away from your midst. It was the Father 
who said, my covenant will I not break or alter the thing that's gone out of my mouth. It's the Father that said in the book of Deuteronomy that I am the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy with you to a thousand generations. Hallelujah. He did not exist as the Father then. He was not known as the Father. He was known as Jehovah God. But the covenant was already placed in motion when he asked Abraham to give him his son. He set into motion the covenant that would enable him to send Jesus into the earth. All God, yet all man, and represent the Father. Because of that covenant. Mm. Woo! Verse 10 says, Believe not that I am in the Father and the Father in me. The words that I speak to you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. Now, wait a minute. The Father dwelleth in me. He does the works. He does the works. He does the works. Why did God have to dwell in the Son? Why did God have to become flesh? And people can say, well, because of, a, uh, of Adam's transgression. That's absolutely right. But, but what, what brought this into play? The covenant. A flesh and blood and bone man gave God his flesh and blood and bone son. That enabled God, <laughs> through the agency of the Holy Spirit, in cooperation with Mary's faith, to overshadow her and implant the seed of God himself in her womb so that a flesh and blood and bone son could be born into this earth that God could indwell and God could live in and God could walk in so that he could make himself known. All based on the covenant. All based on the covenant. Not taken away from Jesus. I'm, we're not taken away from the son. You, when you magnify the father, you magnify the son. Hallelujah. Jesus himself said, I'm God. They said, are you God? He said, you said, you said it. Amen. But he, he, here's my point. See, people break that down to a theological argument. Oh, so you're oneness. Well, what do you mean? You're not. There's just one God. Yeah, but there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, that's exactly right. But you get into an argument about it and you miss it. There are people that will argue this just to prove their theology. But they only have one verse to prove their theology. And you can't prove theology on one verse. Amen. The Bible says God is one God. But we know He exists eternally in three persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's a man, but there isn't it interesting that there's a man in the Godhead. There's a flesh and bone man at the right hand of the Father right now. Now, now, now. now see, that's not what I'm getting into, but that's important. Because in order for God to display himself and to manifest the covenant of healing, he had to, he had to, be, he had to be birthed into this earth as a man so the covenant could be accomplished. So the covenant could be accomplished. Hmm. So he said, he does the works. The Amplified Bible says, 
What I am telling you, I don't say on my own authority and of my own accord. The Father who lives continually in me does His works, His own miracles, His own deeds of power. See, Jesus wasn't some kind of righteous renegade. That was just down here to, to blow the minds of the religious people. Amen. That, that's important. Sometimes when people preach, they think Jesus came to, to, to just make it hard on the religious people. Jesus made it hard on, on hypocrites. He made it hard on liars. He made it hard on people that oppress his covenant people. Are, are, are you following me? Jesus wasn't a revolutionary. There are people that will preach like Jesus was a revolutionary. That's not that's not true. He said very plainly, I did not come to set up an earthly kingdom. He said, if I was setting up an earthly kingdom, my servants would fight for me. If I was setting up an earthly kingdom, I would call my father and he would send me 12 legions of angels. And they would deliver me from you. That wasn't what he was doing. Amen. In a lot of movies you see like Jesus was some kind of revolutionary. He wasn't. He was God in the flesh manifesting the covenant see all of this is tied back to exodus 15 i'm the lord that heals you i'm the lord that heals you the father was working in jesus to fulfill the covenant god needed to get jesus the man into the earth so that god could do his work through jesus the covenant man hallelujah john chapter 9 Oh, hallelujah. John chapter 9. Somebody told me the other night, they said, I almost asked you what kind of Bible you got. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> well, it's, it's all there. And notice John 9. John 9 and verse 1. And Jesus, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man that was blind from his birth. And the disciples asked him, saying, Master, who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind? Jesus said, Neither is this man sin nor his parents, but that the works of God. Now, notice, the works of God should be made manifest in him. Now, this is important because remember this this is tied back to exodus god eternally exists as our healer right now religion has taken this verse and tried somehow to say god made this man blind but i i just want you to 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 just read that verse and tell me where it says that it doesn't say that. Right? So people will say, because Jesus healed him, what Jesus is saying is that God made him this way or allowed this so that Jesus could heal him. Well, that's cruel. Right? And 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 we know uh, this man was... was uh, an adult well into his adult years because when they talked to the parents 
They said, he's of age. Ask him. And, and in that day and time, you weren't really of age till you were about 30. So we know the man's over 30. Is that right? So, so God caused this man to be born blind and let him stay blind for 30 years just so Jesus could pass by one day and do a miracle and people could feel good about God. No. Amen. God has never made anyone blind. Amen. He's not okay with blindness. Why? The covenant, he has eternally set himself up as our healer. Do you see why it's important that you know you have a covenant? And notice now, the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me. The works of God will be made manifest. I must work the works of him that sent me. Who sent him? Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals you. Jehovah who said, I will take sickness from your midst. Now, let me ask you a question. Is sickness in this man's midst? Is some kind of disease, something's in his midst? He can't see. Is that right? While it is day, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I'm the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground, made clay of the spittle, anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and said, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went. Now, your part of the covenant is faith and obedience. There's believing and acting in this verse. Now, people say, Where do you see believing? Because he put mud in the man's eyes and said, now go wash. He had to believe it to go. If you don't believe, you won't go. And if you don't go, you're not obedient. So we see faith and obedience. He went and washed and came seeing. Oh, I will take sickness from your midst. He took the blindness. Now why? It's tied to Exodus chapter 23. I will take sickness from your midst. I will take sickness from your midst. Hallelujah. Matthew 9. I will take it. Matthew 9 and 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Healing every sickness. 
There are people that minimize that. Well, that just means every type of sickness and disease. Well, okay, then every type of sickness and disease. Who cares? Whether he healed everybody that was sick and diseased or if he just healed every type. Here, here's the important part. What's Matthew 9, 35 tied to? Exodus chapter 15. I am your healer. And Jesus himself said the works that he did, the Father was doing them. So what do we see? We see the Father here healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Now, again, that's not minimizing Jesus. Jesus laid hands on these people. Jesus was in the earth, all God and all man. So Jesus healed them. But Jesus himself said it was the works of the Father. Who's the Father? Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals you. And it's tied to the covenant. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, and you look for these parallels with the, the first covenant and the second covenant. In, in reality, the four gospels were under the, sec, the old covenant, the first covenant. Uh, the, I know in our King James Bible, it, it, with Matthew, we begin the New Testament in the King James Bible. But there is no New Testament till after the blood of Christ. And so the four gospels are actually Jesus operating under the old covenant. But the point that I'm making, there, there is the parallel here. He healed, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness. In Deuteronomy 28 and verse 61, towards the end of that chapter, the, the phrase is used, every sickness. He says, if you're uh, back around verse 16 of Deuteronomy 28 or so, he said, if you are not obedient, if you won't do what I tell you, all these curses shall come on you. And he goes through there, and most of them are sickness. Most of them are disease. Uh, there, I mean, there's other things, but most of them are sickness and disease. And Deuteronomy 28, 61 says this. It says, and uh, if you're not obedient, it says, and every sickness not listed will come on you. Well, the Bible says that Jesus healed every sickness. Deuteronomy 28, 61, under the curse, talks about every sickness. Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 15, is a promise to covenant people for their faith and their obedience. All these blessings shall come on you. Deuteronomy 28, 16 through 64, 5, is a... Is is the result of disobedience and no faith. And he said, even every sickness that's not listed will come on you. Well, so what we see here, Jesus, because of the covenant, healed every sickness, known and unknown. With a covenant, it doesn't matter if you know what it is or don't know what it is. I have a covenant that he'll take it away. Isaiah 53 and 4. Glory. 
Of course, the King James says, uh, He's borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. We esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Uh, verse 4 in the New English translation says, He lifted up our Ill illnesses and carried our pains. He lifted up our illnesses. Remember, I will take sickness. I will take sickness from the midst of you. He lifted up our illnesses. He carried our pains. Hallelujah. See, God has established His covenant. He's established the way it operates. I've, I've got to establish my heart in the covenant. That's why Psalm 112, the psalmist could say, my heart is fixed, trusting in God. A covenant causes you to be fixed. All right? When, uh, if you have a, uh, a warranty on an appliance, uh, you have no problem calling the repairman. You're confident. Because it's within the terms of your warranty. When your heart's fixed, it's because you know something. I have a covenant. I don't just have a covenant in, like other people speak, I have a covenant with my healer. With my surgeon. My heart's fixed. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Even if you're dealing with something today, you have a covenant, what's the end result? Healing. The end result's I'm well. The end, res the end result is my strength's back. The end result is, right, that even those that have no strength, He increases their might. Well, you know, I just want to see something. That's not a covenant mindset. If, if you, we, we often say that's not a faith mindset. It's not a faith mindset, but what's your faith based on? Your faith is based on a blood covenant. What did the covenant party say? Who's the greater one in the covenant? God. God promised. God swore by himself. Right? And here in Isaiah, he said he lifted our illnesses. So when did Jesus do that? He did that when he took stripes on his back. He did that on the cross. That happened. That occurred. He lifted up our illnesses and carried our pain. When he did that, what did he do? Took it away from our midst. See, over the years, we've, we've narrowed this down to just a positive confession. And here's what I mean by this, is you'll, you'll run into faith people, they wouldn't say, my headache for anything, but yet they don't believe they're redeemed from it. They don't believe they have a covenant, they're just talking word of faith ideology. I, I just want you to think that I got it. Amen. So they wouldn't say, my headache. But here's the reason. Here's the reason you don't say, 
my you fill in the blank, my heart problem, my this, my sickness, my disease, because your healer took it. See, even if I've got it, it doesn't change the fact that he took it. All right. And so when I talk about it, Lord, thank you that you took that. I thank you. You took it. You took blood pressure from me. High blood pressure. You took migraines. You took cancer. You took heart disease. You bore it away. See, I have a covenant that says that. Exodus 23 said, I'll take sickness from your midst. God cannot lie. God cannot change. God cannot repent. Amen. There's no variableness in him. See, this is so important. This is the covenant mindset. If he said he'll take it, he'll take it. If he says he take it, he took it. Oh, hallelujah. Let's, let's, let's look at Matthew 8. We got another one. And, and the thing about this is, it's, you, just, you just start with that. Okay, I have a covenant. All right, and, and, and the covenant that I have, God initiated. Right? God initiated it. And so it's, it's, it's founded on God and His Word. This is what he promised. Uh, my, my part is faith and obedience. That's my part. Because how much faith could you put in a person that could not lie and didn't want to? Or could not lie and had your best interest at heart only? Who could not lie and made a promise to bless you, make your name great, heal you, prosper you, right? Meet all your need. Well, you would put extreme faith in that person. See, faith is not hard, just different. Living by the word isn't hard. It's just different. It's, it's a settlement. When you see something God said, that closes the book. That's it. That's all there is to it. Because, because he can't lie. Hallelujah. I've run into people, good, well-meaning Christians, and they'll say, well, you know, I'm believing God, but he just hadn't done it yet. Wait a minute. Whoa, wait a minute. You just said God lied. Because he took it. When are you healed? When you feel it? Or when he said it? I'm healed now. Right? You're healed now. Hallelujah. Yeah, but I'm dealing with this. That, that's okay. You're dealing with it from the standpoint of a covenant person who's healed. It changes the way you deal with things. If you're dealing with it as the sick trying to get well, I got news for you. You're never going to get well. You're never going to get well. Why? Because you see yourself sick. 
you see yourself with it and not it being taken away. Does that make sense? So I'm not being hard. I'm not, I'm not being harsh. Please don't misunderstand that. I have great, I have great compassion. But, but, but he, here's the thing. If, if, if I see my child about to do something that's going to hurt them and harm them, I'm not going to run up and say, now, baby, don't. I'm going to grab them. Don't you do that. You cannot. See, the reason you don't talk certain ways is because you can't talk about yourself that way because that's a violation of the covenant. When God told Abraham what to say and what to call himself, Abraham had to do it. If Abraham would have chosen to keep calling himself Abram, he would not be the father of our faith. So, do you see this? So when, 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 when you call yourself the healed of the Lord, you're not calling yourself the healed of the Lord because you feel like it or because there's nothing you're battling. You're calling yourself the healed of the Lord because your covenant God said, I took it. When did he take it? On the cross. When he bore stripes on his back, he took it. Amen. The enemy's always. You got we got about seven minutes. The enemy has to get you to violate the covenant. Now, this is important. Why? Because you're the one with blood. Why did God make the covenant a blood covenant? One number one reason is because Satan can't get in it and mess it up. Because he has no blood. There's nothing he can do about it. The covenant was between God and a flesh and blood and bone man. So the enemy's always trying to get you to violate the covenant. He can't do anything about it. He can't get into it. He has no blood. He's not a human being. God's covenant is with man. God's covenant is with the seed of Abraham. And that's why Wednesday night we taught about how we've been brought into the family of Abraham and we've been brought into the to the to the seed of Abraham. How, how do we get into the seed of Abraham through the seed of Abraham? Matthew 1 1 Jesus Christ, the son of David and the son of Abraham, a physical, a physical descendant of Abraham had to bring us into this covenant. This is important. Because that covenant just transfers. It transfers to all the seed of Abraham. And so the devil's got to get you to violate it. And he gets you to violate it by not believing it. Or speaking contrary to it. Or acting contrary to it. We talk about joy and peace and believing. Why is it so important to have joy and peace in your believing? Because that's your faith actions. Your faith talk has to be backed up by your faith actions. And if I'm talking healing, I'm going to be acting healing. Well, I, I you know, Pastor, there's things I can't do because I understand that. But you can keep joy and peace. You can keep joy and peace. Is that right? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Th contrast this. You walk by somebody dealing with a sickness and you say, how are you today? And they go, I'm healed. 
right? Or you walk up to them and say, how are you doing? And you know they're dealing with something. They go, I'm healed in Jesus' name. Praise God, healed and well. And you know they're dealing with something. You know, it doesn't matter if you got to rest or if you got to sit down or you got to nap through the day. That's irrelevant to your healing. That's irrelevant to your healing. You have a covenant with God. When you lay down to take a nap, don't talk about how I'm just so sick. I, I don't have any energy anymore and I just can't get around anymore. And people will say, yeah, that's negative. No, that's a violation of your covenant. You are not the sick. You are the healed. And the healed still have to take a nap. And the healed still have to do the right thing. The healed still got to eat right. The healed still have to do right. Amen. And but people will get under guilt and condemnation. I have a, 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 a friend, an acquaintance in Florida. Y'all got a minute for this? And uh, when he got a hold of the word of faith, now this was way back in the early 70s, and uh, he had asthma, asthma that had come on him in, in adult years. And I don't know if you remember this years ago. I remember it. There's a little pill that they had called primatine. All right, they, they, they eventually turned it into a primatine mist and you had an inhaler. Well, they didn't have inhalers back then, but they had that little pill. And he said that that uh, asthma attack would come on him. And he said, you know, I'd been getting a hold of the word. And he said, I would just quote the scriptures till I couldn't breathe, you know, couldn't get my next breath. And he said, then I'd take a pill and it all clear up. And he said, oh, I beat myself up. He said, I told a buddy of mine. Uh, there, there's more power in that primatine pill than there is in all the faith I possess. Well, he's beating himself up because he wanted his faith to just come in and take care of it. Well, you know, it eventually did. But it just took a little time. I say it just took a little time. You understand? He had to understand, I have a covenant of healing. I'm healed. And that pill doesn't change it. He took your sickness and took your disease. Took it. He took it. So when I lay down, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not laying down saying, oh, I'm so sick, i got to lay down. I'm laying down because I'm tired. My body's fighting something. Your body is in a fight with that sickness, and your physical body gets wore down fighting. That's why you sometimes you need to lay down and let your body rejuvenate and let your spirit minister to your body while you're asleep so you can wake up refreshed and rejuvenated. Hallelujah. Part of our covenant is you need to rest. Glory to God. That's, boy, that's good. And so, so don't beat yourself up. Well, I just, I wish I felt better. I understand that, and better's coming. Feeling better's coming. If you'll just get through this, feeling better's coming. Because feeling better is a result of your healing. Hallelujah. In Matthew 8, 16, Jesus said, or actually it says of Jesus, when the evening was come, they brought to him many that were possessed with devils. He cast out the spirit with his word. And healed all that were sick. For what reason, Jesus? That it might be fulfilled that was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. 
The Amplified Bible says he did this because he himself took in order to carry away our weaknesses and infirmities and bore away our diseases. Right now, now this this ties back to Exodus 15. He bore away our diseases. Exodus 15, he said, none of these diseases that came on Egypt will come on you because I'm the Lord, your healer. None of these diseases. Do, do you see that? Hallelujah. You know, and I'll close with this. A lot of times the enemy gets you focused on what you're fighting. How many things just bounced off you that you don't even know came? Because you have a covenant. And it didn't even show up. Yeah, but why did this happen? I don't listen. To try to answer that kind of question is fallacy. If the Lord doesn't tell me, let me help you. If the Lord doesn't tell me, I don't know. So if you ask, if the Lord doesn't tell me, I don't know. This is important. Because, because to try to answer that question, well, you know, if you want to know, the Lord will tell you. And when you shut that door, whatever it is, if a door was open, you'll start getting better. You'll start mending. But don't, don't, don't always look for a door that's open. They're, they're, right? You can open a door by looking for an open door. <laughs> you keep peeping around them doors, you're going to find one to open. Glory to God. Sometimes the Lord tells us. I had a situation one time where a person in the church died. And I had people asking questions. You know, well, how did we not get out ahead of this? Well, the moment they called me and told me this person had died, I went to prayer. I got to pray for the family. I went to prayer and I asked the Lord very simply. I said, I said, Lord, what what happened here? And the Lord said to me, they never should have been where they were. They were never supposed to be there. So I know what happened there. If any of you in here came and asked me, why am I dealing with what I'm dealing with? I don't know. Other than there's a devil loose that's trying to steal, kill and destroy. But your covenant that he can't get into is stronger than his attempt to steal, kill, and destroy. And you just stay focused on that. You stay focused on that. He took it away. Father, thank you today. Thank you. Lord, I, I thank you for every person watching, every person here in the midst. Lord, I thank you that we are healed by the power of God. I thank you that we have a covenant that says you took our sickness and disease away from us. And Lord, even if there's something that we're dealing with, and there are watching online, maybe some here in the sanctuary that are dealing with something. But Lord, you're, you're, you have took it, and that thing is exiting our body. Every corpuscle of our bloodstream every every area of our body is now rebelling against that sickness for that covenant is making us strong and i thank you lord that as they rest today and as they rest tonight 
that their spirit man is ministering to their body. Oh, and the covenant is at work. And we are the healed of the Lord. We're grateful. Lord, thank you. Thank you for keeping us. Lord, I know that that we have dealt with things over this past year, last two years, but Lord, we're still here. You kept us. You kept us. We're in the land of the living. And you preserved us so that we could be a testimony to the greatness of our God and the surety of His covenant. And I tell you, and I prophesy, the enemy tried, the enemy threw his best at you. He dumped everything on you that he could. He tried to surprise you. He tried to blindside you. You went to the doctor for one reason and got a totally different diagnosis. And it rocked you for a moment. It shook you for a moment. But you got a hold back of the word of God. And the covenant now, the Lord says, is working for you. Mm. And the spring will be brighter days. Oh, glory. And the spring will be brighter days. Because you will be unencumbered by that that you've been battling. Oh, glory be to Jesus. So, Father, we receive it. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Jesus always comes to healing school. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you. Well, those of you watching online here in the midst, of course, God bless you. Thank you for being here. And, of course, we have service tomorrow night. We'll continue with this that we've been on the blood covenant. Not necessarily a covenant of healing, but the blood covenant. And uh, so until we see you then, God bless you. Build your faith. Frame your world by the word of God.